Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. Uh, the whole gang here. We are brought to you by Manscaped, our great sponsor. We are also brought to you by ourselves, the Wolverine Football Preview Magazine 2022 edition. Uh, shipping out in July. You can get $9 off right now. A great deal if you pre-order before June 27th. So do that right now. You're going to get it anyway, so pre-order it early. Get that $9 off. Outstanding deal. Uh, we put a lot of work into it. 160 pages, analysis, exclusive interviews, uh, breakdowns on every opponent, columns, all of that. So go and get it right now. Uh, we are mid-June here, and uh, a little bit of news. We'll start with the baseball front, uh, which we don't usually do, but Michigan stud coach Eric Backage, he's taken them to five NCAA tournaments, College World Series final in 2019. Uh, after 10 years, has moved on to Clemson, gets an offer there. Uh, obviously very, very disappointing for the Michigan Athletic Department to lose a coach like this, but understandable to an extent there with, with Clemson being much more of a power, the resources, uh, more revenue. But, Chris, your reaction, and then we'll go to you, Anthony. Uh, I'm not going to speak for him, but in speaking to people close to him, I think that they're disappointed that Michigan didn't at least try a little harder to keep him. He's got a place up north. He was building a new house here in Ann Arbor. Loves Michigan, loves the Block M. There had been talk that he wanted to be Michigan's Carol Hutchins. Uh, in other words, Michigan baseball's Carol Hutchins, be here for a long time and do some things up north that nobody else would do or could do. And now that's not going to happen. And I, I understand he's a good fit at Clemson, but – you know, to me, you were going to get that coach. If you if you tried a little harder, in my opinion, you could have gotten him at a bargain. And, you know, if it's, you know, everybody says, oh, you're, you know, you're spending other people's money. Well, you know what? This is Michigan, right? And I remember John Beeline when he was looking for new facilities or upgraded facilities when he first got here in the, in the few, first few years he was here. He used to, he said, we are leaders in best, right, at Michigan. Why not aren't we leaders in best in basketball? And then they got the facilities upgrades. And guess what they did with them? They, they won at the highest level. So I understand that baseball is not going to be the sport that it is down South. Right. Um, but you'd see the crowds that softball gets right. Having been a national power. Uh, and if by some miracle, you know, maybe they, they push the season back a little bit, the baseball season into the, into the summer. I know Backage had talked about that. You know what, maybe Michigan baseball gets bigger and bigger, but uh, I thought he was a special coach, a special guy. Uh, they have opportunities now, Anthony's boy, Chris Fetter, Maybe he'll come home, but uh, maybe they get the CMU coach. But to me, Backage, I would have liked to see him here for another 20 years, and now that's not going to happen, and I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's not fun uh, for Michigan baseball. Where I know a lot of people made the argument well that they, a couple of years ago, maybe maxed out as a program, gotten as far as, as they ever could. And I, I know it had been whatever, 35 years before College World Series appearances, but it just felt like from a cultural standpoint, from a – transfer portal standpoint from a recruiting standpoint like things that were rolling along as strong as they ever uh, have been under Bakich and, and you know maybe to a certain extent this was like the natural progression of things given the fact that you know baseball is uh, it's not king in the south we know that football is king in the south but uh, you know in a lot of places that's number two and you know I, for Michigan you know if, if Clemson was paying him up to I think the reports were up to $1.3 million. I mean, that's, you know, realistically speaking, that's not something that Michigan could have matched. And I don't think they would have had to, uh, it, it does, it does little, it, it does. I have to word to word this very carefully here. There, it, the effort that was put in from the Michigan side of things feels like it leaves a lot to be desired. 
and uh, now from the early stuff that I've heard, stuff that's out there, you know, if if they do were able to pull in a Chris Fetter to have that job, that's probably the best shot you have at um, at maybe you know keeping this train rolling at least you know in terms of keeping the roster together and, and everything kind of structurally staying the way it has. But you know, knowing that um, knowing what we do about uh, the situation and and I don't know, it just it feels like a missed opportunity. And if you want to just throw, if there are people out there, they're going to throw their hands up and say, well. You know, Michigan baseball, they're just kind of, you know, they're a non-revenue program anyways. I think that's just a bad way to look at it. So um, that's a guy that, you know, Eric Bakic, I think, loved Michigan, loves Michigan. Uh, and I think that there probably should have been more of an effort to keep him. But I, again, uh, I'm not privy to what those conversations were or, or what have you. So all I know is that weird contract stuff with Jim Harbaugh this year, weird contract stuff with Mel Pearson this year weird contract negotiations or counter offers for Michigan baseball this year. There's a common denominator there. And I'll just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. And you, you didn't even mention the hockey situation, uh, Carol Hutchins. It looks like her contract is up in about four days. So it, it does seem to be some sort of a trend. Uh, you know, they, they were able to keep Harbaugh because he didn't get an offer from the Vikings. Uh, you know, they, they did lose John Beeline at one point. So, um, you know, mostly you've kept it intact, but obviously, uh, some of that is due to, you know, luck of the draw with, with the whole Viking situation, but definitely interesting. I have to ask you guys, this as Tigers fans. And I know a lot of the Michigan fans are, are you conflicted about Chris Fetter? I would take him uh, in Ann Arbor in a heartbeat, but uh, he's the only no. thing holding. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I would wish that sinking ship of the Tigers upon him. He's got, I know the coaching staff's doing piss on him. And, uh, I'm sorry to say, man, bring him home and get him off that sinking ship. We'll send out the life raft. I'll even throw in 20 bucks if we do a GoFundMe. So bring him home. That's what I got to say. Yeah, I figured that'd be the answer. What about you, Anthony? Um, I just want that guy to be happy and secure the bag. So whatever it takes, I mean, he's, he's a wonderful guy. I think he's a great fit for either job. Maybe that's kind of the, the politically correct way to put it here. But uh, I'll say this. If Michigan baseball can find a way to pull that off, I think that's a big win for them. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I kind of just – I know we're not going to dwell too much on this, but I kind of just want to call a spade a spade here for a second. And it's not – you know, no one's getting chucked under the bus or no one's getting – you know, no, no one's going to get in trouble for anything that gets said here. But it feels like there is an attitude from leadership that – and there's there's a lot of you know reasons to feel this way too, that like – the, the brand, the block M that supersedes everything else. If you're someone that doesn't want to be there, then go, we'll just find someone else. And while that is, I think, I don't know if Admiral is the right way to put it. Uh, admirable. I should say um, when you have talent in the building, like you had John Beeline, like you had Eric Bakich, like let's, let's be Frank. You got lucky that the Jim Harbaugh thing fell through when you have talent in the building, like the, what, like, there's something to be said about having the bird in the hand, right? And making those people feel appreciated, making them feel like they are, you know, the pillars of your athletic department. And I'm sorry, like I, I, I think if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm not happy with the way things have gone in the last six, seven months. And to be frank with you, even longer on that front. So I, I think that there is a Michigan as an institution, whether that be from, you know, higher above the athletic department or within the athletic department, 
they need to stop being reactive and start being a little proactive or else you're going to continue to have these all-time great figures or of your programs walk out the door. So, yeah, it's I think if you're a Michigan fan that's that's peeved or, and pissed off about that, I think you have every single right to be. And not speaking for them, but Beeline uh, and and Backage and Harbaugh, I think would all argue that you know they probably feel the same way, Anthony. That okay, and they would never be the ones. I, I know John Beeline would never be the one to come out publicly or, or Backage and say, you know what, I didn't feel I was being I was appreciated. You know, they're gonna leave town and they're gonna say thank you for everything. But in speaking to people close to it, uh, you know what? It would not surprise me in the least. Strong, strong opinion here if they both felt that way. So, um, and we know kind of how Harbaugh feels, right? Uh, you know, he was ready to get out the door, but no matter what anybody says, uh, you know, that was going to happen, um, you know, had things gone better up there in Minneapolis. So, um, and now, uh, you know, the, the whole Mel Pearson thing, I don't think that's on board, Manuel. I think from what we've heard and what we've reported, you know, some things have to be worked out. Uh, the situation up there, uh, some of the accusations uh, have to go through the Hill, the administration, and then you come back and, and they, you know, he's expecting, I'm pretty sure, to get signed, re-signed. But, you know, it's been quiet up there, too. So, uh, and then Hutchins, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I mean, this thing, we, we can sit there and we can talk about how great the athletic department was this year, and it is fantastic. You know, they're right there for the, for the Director's Cup. And, uh, and a lot of those things were put in place. Uh, these these non-revenue things, um, you know, a, a while back, the new facilities and everything else, and it's Ward Manual's job to keep that thing humming. Uh, right now, uh, I'm, I love Ward Manual, by the way. I think he's a great guy. Uh, I, I would say, though, that it's humming, and not in spite of him, but uh, I would be, I'm with you, Anthony. Let's make sure it's, we're proactive here and make sure this thing keeps humming because it's not about one year. This is about the future, and I think you've missed a few opportunities with some of your coaches here and let's hope they don't miss a few more. Definitely. Um, let's shift over to the basketball side of things with, uh, the transfer portal that never sleeps. Uh, Michigan hosted Joey Baker Duke transfer last week on his visit. He looks like he's down to Michigan and Georgia. He also visited George Washington, uh, role player for Duke over the last few years, played about 11 point something uh, minutes per game last year. Can shoot the ball a little bit. Not a great athlete, but uh, at this point, if you have two open scholarships, which Michigan does, uh, you know, I feel like he could add something potentially to that rotation. Uh, you know, I know Michigan feels that way. I guess what do you guys uh, – and, Chris, you just wrote on this as well. Um, but what are you thinking here with uh, Joey Baker nearing a decision? Anybody that can shoot. Uh, and it's like Martelli said to me over uh, last a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago, probably a month ago now, he said, you know, if you can shoot, we're looking at you. And they ought to be. And so – uh, they need shooters flat out, and you hope that Jet Howard comes in and that he can be that guy. You hope that Kobe Bufkin makes a leap there. He's a better shooter than he showed last year. Gets a little bit more arc on his shot. I'm, I'm no shooting coach, but to, to me, that's where it starts, in my opinion. And who knows what Isaiah Barnes will bring, but maybe Will Cheddar at the four. But they need some guys that can shoot the ball. So this roster is going to be different than we expected, guys, and it's going to be interesting to see how it gels. Jaden Llewellyn, uh, Jalen Llewellyn can shoot. But um, not at a great clip, you know, so uh, it'll be fascinating to, to see what the roster is and, and how it plays out. I do think Baker, that Michigan's got a good shot there. We should know in a couple of days, I think, uh, honestly. Uh, and we'd heard this morning that the Georgia assistants and George Washington assistants had no idea. Uh, so they were in the dark. So I took that as a good sign. Then a little after, later today, I'd heard that the Georgia 
people close to Georgia are thinking it's Michigan or Georgia. So I think Michigan's the constant here. Uh, it, to me, it's a no-brainer, obviously. You've got a program that's been going deep in the postseason. You've got minutes available. You need a shooter. This guy can come in and play 20 minutes a game, but you don't know what he's looking for. Um, at the same time, it would be a little bit surprising at this point if they did not land him, given the minutes available and given how well his visit went. We heard it went it was fantastic. Yeah, I think if he's interested, like just find a way to finish it off and get the deal done. And, and I'd stop there. Like I, I from there, and I'm working on a column on this right now. Um, if we get, because it sounds like you know pretty much everyone that was on our top transfer target list that we put out a week or so ago or two weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, those are all options that are not off the board, but not going to happen for Michigan. It seems like outside of a Baker and outside shot at Imani Bates. I'm not doing the Imani Bates thing. I'm just not. I think I'd rather, and maybe part of this has been targeted, but I feel like in the last week to two weeks, we've been hearing a lot of stuff about Kobe Bufkin and Isaiah Barnes, which to me is like just reading the tea leaves. I think that that's kind of the, hey, we'd rather roll the dice on these guys instead of adding. And I think that's the right move, honestly. Um, At this point, I think that you should bet on your culture, bet on your player development, bet on the guys that you brought into, you know, you didn't recruit guys to get replaced in the transfer portal a year after they, they wound up in school. So, I mean, if it means that you're sacrificing what your quote unquote ceiling is fine, but you know what? The ceiling was high in preseason magazines last year. The ceiling was low in preseason magazines two years ago when they wound up going to the elite eight. So uh, roll the dice on your guys. Uh, I think you can probably bring Joey Baker in here and he can, you know, I don't expect him to slot into the starting lineup, but, he could be a you know think late stages of Duncan Robinson's career where he comes in off the bench and gives you a guy that's a shooter and uh, you know gives you a good fifteen to twenty minutes a game. So I'd be cool with that. It's I know it's scary because uh, people want to know like the known commodities make people feel more at ease, right? Um, but given given where things are headed, given the guys that they've kind of missed on, I really thought that Jacob Grandison would have been a perfect fit for them given what was left out there. Um, but he's not here. He's, he's going to Duke. And like I said, at this point, I, I'm I'm going to bet on push my chips in the in the middle of the table with you know Kobe Bufkin, Isaiah Barnes, and Will Cheddar kind of being a three headed sort of I don't say monster, but group of guys that steps forward and, and gives you some good rotational minutes this year. Yeah. No, I, I think it's it's interesting with Baker when you look at his options. Um if he does pick Georgia, I almost understand it to an extent. In terms of maybe he can start there. I don't know the full situation, but I know Georgia has been a dumpster fire. Tom Crean was fired. Uh, you know, this is a guy who has not played over 12.2 minutes per game in any season. He shot it well last year, but he only attempted 2.2 threes per game. So that's a low volume. So he hasn't really contributed so far a ton in his career. He's been at a winning team in the past in Duke. So I, I will say, I think. If he went to Georgia, it wouldn't like completely catch me off guard in terms of what he's thinking. Uh, I could see wanting to be the guy at you know still a, an SEC team and you know a team that could maybe do something if you know if they figure a lot of things out. And with the transfer portal, maybe they have a, haven't followed it that close. But I think that's interesting. And then to, to talk about Baker in terms of what he would do at Michigan, you know I, I agree. I don't think he would start. I think he would be in the rotation though and would be able to knock down some shots. He's not a great defender as I kind of mentioned, and I I am a little bit concerned about the defense with this Michigan team. They were not a good defensive team last year. And when you look at what they lost, you know, they, 
They lost guys that, you know, got better as defenders, and Musa was able to defend at times. Caleb was getting better. I thought he was going to take a big step in that regard in college this next year if he didn't go. Uh, there was a tweet out the other day, top 10 defensive teams in college basketball over the last five years, and Michigan was number three if you look at the Ken Palm ratings. A lot of that is uh, the Luke Yaklich and John Beeline stuff, but Michigan was you know, to about 20th, Jawan Howard's first year, fourth his second year, and then a huge drop-off to 74th last year. I think that is a, a concern right now for me. There's no Franz Wagner on the wing to lock guys down. Hunter Dickinson is not a rim protector. Uh, he was really, really helped out by those guys he had on the wing and in the backcourt with Eli Brooks. You're losing him. So these guys need to step up on that end as well. I don't think Joey Baker is a fix for that, uh, but I do think he could be a piece. Uh, anything else on, on basketball before we get to a couple listener-submitted questions on the football side? Let's get to questions and uh, go from there. Sounds good. Uh, before we do that, real quick, we are going to talk about Manscaped, uh, our great sponsor. Gentlemen, Father's Day is around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. I uh, wasn't expecting that one. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Uh, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0 is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right there is no dad joke, folks. Uh, treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 20GoBlue at manscaped.com. Trust me, this dad bod will thank you. Chris, your kid doesn't have to get you Manscaped because you're getting the free packages sent to you but it's a it's a great product obviously it really is i love it and i love the uh, the, the hair products and stuff too man it's crazy great sense and uh it even got a body spray you know that uh shames the axe body sprays brought to you by the situation and the the jersey shore crowd so uh <laughs> it's been it's been great our, our relationship with them is fantastic and, and we certainly appreciate it definitely so 20 go blue the promo code there uh, go check them out. They're in every store, but as we mention every time, why not get the free shipping and the 20% off by ordering online? It'll show up in what a couple days. So definitely worth doing that and supporting us as well. Um, two, uh, two things really quick. There, there are two things in this world that make me super uncomfortable when I hear it out loud. One is the word moist. It's just, I don't like that. And the other is a grown man using the word daddy. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I was not expecting that. <laughs> Wait a few years, buddy. <laughs> it'll, it'll come down. Oh, God. It's okay. true. Yeah. So that's a great point. So, yep, I had to say that. And next time I'm sending you the email, Anthony, uh, that you're going to have to read. So. I'll, proof, I'll proof it first next time. There you go. <laughs> um, let's get to football. We did ask for some listener-submitted questions this week uh, in the dog days of summer here. So uh, sifting through those, let's uh, – Let's get to one of these. This is an interesting one. Uh, so on three named Sharon Moore, one of the rising stars in college football this week. Someone's asking um, Gaddis and McDonald moved on. Who could be next that would get a bigger job? And I, I think Sharon Moore's at the top of that list for me. I think Jay Harbaugh's on that list potentially, you know, maybe a, a group of five team looks at him as a head coach. I know that there were rumblings of that a year or two ago anyway. Um, I think Jesse Minter down the road, I, I really like what he's going to do, but Again, we haven't seen it at Michigan yet, so it's hard to peg him, although Mike McDonald left after one year. Uh, what do you guys think like that? I think Sharon Moore is probably the obvious choice. Yeah, I do too. I think Mike Hart's still on the list, no matter what people Mike Hart, say about yeah. recruiting. He was a, 
an associate head coach at Indiana and very well respected, did some great things there. And so uh, Sharon Moore, obviously, um, to me, is, and, and I think Steve Klingscale, uh, he's a coordinator now this year. But those guys, to me, they're proactive. We talk about proactive stuff, Anthony. These guys, when it comes to NIL and stuff like that, they are always asking questions and how can we get better? Uh, how can we compete? Uh, those, to me, are, are rising stars in this profession. Jay Harbaugh has excelled, uh, you know, as a special teams coach. Uh, it's Jay, Jim Harbaugh said he's kind of followed the John Harbaugh uh, path there in terms of being a special teams guy, being, you know, different position coaches. All of a sudden, you get your head coaching opportunity, and bam, you've learned from the best, and you make the most of it. So lots of good young talent on this team, without question. Good young uh, Mike Elston is a guy who was an associate head coach, too. So uh, you've got a staff full of them. So hopefully they are proactive in keeping these guys happy, too. Uh, and I think they were last year, to, you know, with the exception of, I guess, Gaddis, who felt uh, slighted by the administration for a number of reasons. But other than that, he was going to be the next head coach at Michigan, right? So... Anyway, that's that's how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that Michigan had the success it did last year when you had all these this new, fresh, young, forward-thinking blood that came in and was added to your program. I mean, that's I think that was a clear emphasis when Jim Harbaugh brought in guys like Ron Bellamy and, and Steve Klinksy. Obviously, that was after Maurice Linguist. But, you know, they all have, you know, kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of, being good communicators, guys that um, the players look up to. Chris talked about being forward-thinking, asking questions. Uh, Sharon Moore, yeah, I mean, I think right now he's probably at the top of that list. I do think he's a future head coach. I think Mike Hart is probably a future head coach someday, somewhere. Um, I talked about Ron Bellamy. Clayton, we saw him, what, maybe a week to 10 days ago um, out working a camp, and he was like Mr. Mayor out there, so... I mean, that's a guy who I think has the chops to to run a program eventually. Um, Jay Harbaugh, I mean, for as much as he's gotten picked on over the years about being a nepotism hire or whatever it is, I mean, I I like football coaches running programs that have had their hand in a little bit of everything. You know, there's, you know, there's, oh, well, this guy's a hot shot, former hot shot offensive coordinator, or this guy, uh, you know, his his defensive scheme is something else. But I like guys that have been in the trenches and worked with, you know, the special teams and the coverage units and, you know, also work with the running backs, go out on the recruiting trail, move over to safeties, move to tight ends. Like, so you look at the staff and I don't think there's a single guy on the staff right now that doesn't have, you know, that, that doesn't have the ability to move a, more rungs up the ladder in their profession. Even Grant Newsom. I mean, that's a guy who, you know, there's a presence about him where you get the sense that he's going to be a guy that sticks around, uh, in, in this game for a long time. So yeah, I mean, that chemical mixture is probably the best thing they have going for them uh, right now for me. I mean, even it just even goes beyond Harbaugh. I mean that it's the way he's been able to bring those guys together. I mean, he, he knows every great coach knows that you're only going to be as successful as your coaching staff is. And I think Michigan for what my money is worth, which isn't a lot uh, right now because inflation is crazy. Um, <laughs> for what my money is worth, these these uh, this is as good a coaching staff as I've seen at Michigan since I've been covering the team, and probably even longer than that. I agree, and it's amazing to say that one year after they hired these guys, and we were all saying, okay, well, it's a lot of prove-it type of hires. You know, I mean, the assistant salary pool went down the, to the nature of 
them being so young and not demanding that much money. Then it went way up after they proved themselves last season, and now we're talking about uh, a whole list of guys. I forgot Mike Hart there for a second, Chris, before you mentioned him, that can be head coaches soon, So, and, and obviously a fantastic staff. Let's get to one more real quick because I thought this was an interesting one too. Um, is the Michigan defense going to be more role-player oriented than last year's? Um, in terms of, you know, maybe a little more substituting, not on the hurry up against Michigan State, please, but, uh, you know, subbing in a guy like Mike Barrett is the first guy that came to mind for me. Jim Harbaugh said in the spring that he's a starter in the dime package, you know, when they have six D-backs out there. Uh, I think we're going to see some of that. I think we're going to see, uh, Anthony, you've been a big proponent of, let's get Junior Colson blitzing a little bit more. I think you're going to see uh, that sort of thing. So guys coming in, doing their job and going back out, um, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, moving Mike Morris inside like they did last year on pass downs, things like that. I would say yes to that question. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's a, you know what? I talked to John Jansen about this for the football preview, and he and Elston are tight. They played together. And it could be where Mike Morris, you look for the weak spot on film, where does Mike Morris match up the best? Is he going to exploit this left tackle? Uh, is that a good matchup for him? Can he take this guy inside because he's got his unique skill set? Things like that are where they're going to have to make up for the fact that they don't have the elite pass rushers. And who knows, maybe somebody will emerge. It's like Harbaugh said, you know, maybe Mike Morris will be the next Aiden Hutchinson. He won't. But, you know, you know, maybe somebody, Jalen Harrell comes out and, you know what, here you are. Uh, a guy that really can get to the pass. Maybe Derek Moore surprises as a true freshman. So, to me, it's, uh, yeah, a lot of that. And I think you nailed it, Clay, when you said, when you talked about Morris and, and Barrett. You know, he's a starter. Didn't he say he's a starter in the dime package or something like right. that? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can do some things, different things where you have uh, Mike Sainer still on the field. And then Will Johnson comes in as a, you know, in a Dax Hill type role as freshman year where you can use him for some blitzing and use his athleticism for some things. So that's what it's going to be for Minter. He's got big shoes to fill in McDonald. And speaking to Doug Karsh for the football preview, some of the things he told me about McDonald and the things that he sniffed out when he was on the sideline, there's a reason this guy is a defensive coordinator at, for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, a team that is so highly respected for its defense. This guy is elite, but Jesse Minter is right there too. And those guys learned a lot together, uh, very instinctual coaches. So uh, I do think that it's going to have to be that way, but I don't expect a huge drop off from the defense this year. There's a lot of talent there. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be that natural drop off just because of the sacks you lose, but I feel like from, Position group to position group, I think they're they're deeper in a lot of places, just in terms of bodies, not necessarily talent, but bodies. Uh, I think they're more athletic, especially on the back end of the defense. And something that I like that this was the path started by Mike McDonald. That you know the reason that you bring in a Jesse Minner and continue it is that they will adapt based on what the personnel and formations dictate that they need to adapt to. Uh, you know, when you watch the NFL, a lot of it is. Um, you know, teams are a lot more positionally flexible now. Um, you know, you could have a guy that plays deep safety, but then also, uh, he, you know, he plays up in the box or he plays uh, a little bit of linebacker or he flexes out to corner. That's, I mean, watch what the, watch what the Bengals do with Dax Hill next year. It's going to be fascinating. They're going to move him everywhere. Um, you, you know, just that's an example of that. But, you know, a guy like Derek Moore is a freshman. Now, it's going to take some time for these guys to be stalwarts, but Derek Moore is a guy that they feel confident can, rush the passer. They feel like he can drop back into coverage. They feel like he can, you know, come up and play with his hand in the dirt. Uh, Mike Morris is a guy you could probably kick him inside on, 
you know, those pass, pass rush downs. They did that with Hutchinson where he'd, you know, kick inside to the three tech and you're running those like NASCAR type looks. So it's, that's exciting too, because you can just kind of run out what your guys are good at. And, and that's, that was the biggest fault of Don Brown's defense at Michigan was that you, you know, you had to be, you better do this thing or else everything falls apart. Whereas now it's, Hey, you know what, Mike Morris, you might not have the bend or the speed to power that Aiden does, but we think that you can do this. It's, you know, thing, things like that. I think that this is a very smart and sharp coaching staff and, you know, there's going to be a drop off on defense that I think will be offset by, um, how much more talented they are in a lot of areas and also that the offense will be better. So Julius Welshoff, Chris is another guy. I feel like I'd put in that category that you wrote about this week with potentially moving him out to the edge. Yeah. Like Jansen said, bump him out to end at 290 pounds and you tell him to go kill, you know, you can collapse that pocket and, uh, and do some things out there. So there are guys that can surprise and guys that have surprised later on in their careers to do some things. So Here's hoping. Uh, I know that they've got talent. I know that they've got the guys with that freak athleticism. So, and I know they've got the coaches to put them in position to do it. So, uh, we'll see with this fall, man. But I can't wait. I'm not wishing the summer away, guys. But it is going fast, isn't it? I know. We got our hotel booked for Big Ten Media Day, so uh, it feels real at this point. But stick with us throughout the summer. We'll have plenty more coming. Get that football preview issue. You can go to the WolverineOnDemand.com. Uh, to get that. And thanks to our sponsors, Manscaped, and we'll see everybody next time.